Good morning. It's good to see you here. We, you know, we are few, but we're mighty, right? You know, this is I always, I always. Uh, sometimes I think I should pay more attention to the calendar. This is a four-day weekend for the school system, okay, this weekend. And we have so many people connected with the schools in our congregation. That's just wonderful. And it's also the best peak weekend to go watch the leaves. So I'm figuring about half our congregation is vacationing somewhere, and the other half are in, on the parkway. So we pray, and we know for a fact that some of our people, our band, is they went, can you believe? this rafting this weekend with some of the youth and I'm thinking man I hope they didn't fall in <laughs> to the water because it would be cold up there in the hills this weekend but we're glad that you are here and I have to give you some announcements before I forget them prayer cards do not forget if you have a prayer request raise your hand you'll get a prayer card Pumpkin Patch is still a few. Can you believe we have done a great job selling pumpkins? And I thank everyone who's, yeah, it's going to be a lot of people been volunteering and helping, and uh, it's amazing. And so now if we can just move out these last few, this is the top week, I would think, for it. Um, I used to be in, as you know, I used to have a former career, and we used to sell seasonal items and one of the things is that you learned it's like Christmas trees for example believe it or not live Christmas trees the best weekend to sell them is when the weekend right before Christmas right makes sense a little bit does it but uh, it's a big Christmas tree weekend so this has got to be a big pumpkin weekend or week I would think so let's get out there and continue to sell our pumpkins now next Sunday is the Sunday night is the trunk or treat, which is our big fall carnival thing. Part starts inside, moves outside. That's next Sunday, beginning at five o'clock here in the Family Life Center. So we don't want to forget that. This is Library Day. Finally, we're beginning Library Day back. We've had a few uh, different, different issues. I want to go into them all. But Miss Beth, raise your hand, Beth. Miss Beth, where are you? Right there. She's back there. She is here if there's any children who wants to go to Library today. A reminder that the UMW, that's United Methodist Women, they had a meal planned for this week, but it's been postponed to next week on the 28th. No, that is next week. It was po postponed from last week to the next coming week on the 28th at 6.30. More information than that is in the bulletin. And then uh, finally, tomorrow night, if you're part of the, uh, the Administrative Council, remember Charge Conference begins at 7 o'clock with our district superintendent. All right. Cindy, it's yours, huh? Will you stand and sing with us?
enough skill to understand What God has willed, what God has planned I only know in His right hand Stands one who is my Savior I take Him at His word and deed Christ died to save me, this I read And in my heart I find a need For Him to be my Savior That He will leave His place on high And come for sinful men to strange so once did I before I knew my Savior my Savior loves my Savior lives my Savior is always there for me my God he was my God he is my God is always gonna be yes living dying let me breathe my strength, my solace from the spring That He who lives to be my King Once died to be my Savior That He will leave His place on high And come for sinful men to strange so once did I before I knew my Savior my Savior loves my Savior lives my Savior is always there for me my God he was my God he is my God is always gonna be my Savior loves my Savior lives my Savior is always there for me my God he was my your heads and pray with me. Gracious God, we are so grateful. You are our Savior, and you did come for each and every one of us. And there is no way we can ever repay you, and we are just in awe of everything that you have done for us. Help us to be your church, not just when we are inside these walls, but as we go out into our day-to-day -day lives. Bless each person here, and it is in your name we pray. Amen. Would you turn and greet your neighbor and children come forward for the children's sermon?
Good morning. How are you guys? It's chilly outside, isn't it? Do you like the chilly weather? Yeah. Some no, some yes. All right. Have you ever heard your parents complaining about taxes? Having to pay taxes? Pastor Curtis talked about this last week. Not too many people want to pay taxes, but it's something that we have to do. And do you know what? You guys pay taxes too. Did you know that? Now, do you get birthday money? Yeah, from grandpa and grandma. Yeah. How about chores? Do you do chores at home? I do. You do? What do you do? You have to make your bed, pick up your toys. I, um, after quiet time, I do. You do? Well, good. Um, when I wake up. Um, so you have to work hard. So when I wake up, um, when I wake up from bedtime, I have to unplug my space point and, um, and get ready for school, maybe? Yeah. Make your bed. So you work really hard for chores. Now, do you get paid for it? Do you get your... Uh-oh. We're going to have to talk to Mom about child labor laws there, aren't we? Oh, my gracious. Well, do you get have chores to make money? You do? Well, you go to the store and... You order your plants. Well, good. Well, when you go to the store and you buy something, guess what? There's taxes that you have to pay. So when you spend your money, you're paying taxes too. All right. Your noisemaker. Oh. And eat breakfast. That's a good thing. You need to have some energy in the morning. All right. Now, we pay taxes. You pay taxes. And... Those taxes help with our schools, they help build our roads. But what would you think people would think if Jesus said, no, kids don't have to pay taxes? Would that make you guys happy? Yeah? Well, it wouldn't make the government happy because they need that money. So when Jesus was in a city one time, we, they, he had some leaders come and tried to trick him. They wanted to get Jesus in trouble. Now in Jesus' day, they had a tax that they had to pay, and people didn't want to pay that. And these re religious leaders asked Jesus, should the people pay the tax? And they knew if he said yes, all the people would get mad at Jesus. But then if he said no, they shouldn't pay the tax, then the um, leaders would get mad at him and he would end up in trouble. But Jesus saw right through this. And so he held up a coin, the money that they had back then, and he said, now who's on this coin? And it was a picture of Caesar. And Caesar was the leader of the time. And he said, whose picture is on this coin? And they said, it's Caesar's. And that was the Roman leader. So Jesus said to them, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. Now, I have a dollar bill here. 
Who's that on the front? Who is that? George Washington, and it says the United States of America. And on the back, it says, in God we trust. Well, we have to pay our money to the government to help the country, but we also have to pay something to God, and that is to give ourselves to him. So we give ourselves totally to God. So let's pray. Dear Father, you created us in your image, and we belong to you. Because of that, we give our hearts and lives to you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. for a time of prayer. Oh Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Oh Lord, you sit enthroned above the earth and all are called to give you worship. We who have been redeemed are called into your family and we come and sing our praises. Because you are the creator and sustainer of the universe, all glorious do you. But we must confess this day, O oh God, that we fall short of the glory for which we were created. We become overly concerned about how we might be viewed by others, so we fail to pray to you. Instead of leaning on the truth of your word, we put you to the test. Have mercy upon us, O oh Lord, for this and our many sins, especially when we lose sight of our priorities. You have chosen us to receive your words of truth. So by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, help us to be an example of people made new by your grace. And empower us to call the world to acknowledge you as the Lord of all. This day we know that there are many who are in need of prayer. There are many who are in need of assurance, peace, healing, comfort. And we come now and we pray especially for a father who is continuing cancer treatment. We pray for safe travels for all of our members who are either on vacation or uh, in the mountains or the sea and those who are gone on the youth trip as they return to us. We pray for safe travels. We pray that we'll sell the rest of the pumpkins and raise needed money for the youth and children's funds. We pray for a mother who is going to have surgery soon. We pray for Tammy and the loss of her husband, Craig. We pray for Sean who has been deployed to the Middle East. We pray for all those others in our own forces who stand watch around the world. We pray, we pray and give praise for a brother's successful surgery. 
And we pray this day that all students everywhere put their best foot forward as they study and as they keep God first in all their decisions. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As I said last week, I am going to begin a series of sermons, uh, two Sundays on Thessalonians, then we'll have our All Saints uh, Liturgy and Remembrance of those who've passed on the first Sunday in November, and then we'll have two more. And so I want to begin in Thessalonians by, if we're going to study the book of Thessalonians and what Paul said to the church at Thessalonians, which I think the things that Paul has said to these other churches are very important to us today. In fact, they are indeed uh, necessary for us to hear. Uh, we'll begin right on the first chapter. First verse, if you listen to the reading. Paul, Silas, and Timothy... <clears throat> to the church of the Thessalonians in God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that He has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of severe suffering. You welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Acacia. And the Lord's message rang out, rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Acacia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank You this day that You've given us this beautiful, crisp fall morning. And we thank You for Your Spirit that is among us, that teaches us and guides us and will guide us now. We pray in your name. Amen. I read a poem the other day that <clears throat> said it was called The Perfect Church. And I want to read it to you. It says, If you should find the perfect church without one spot or sore, for goodness sake, don't join that church, for it won't be perfect anymore. If you should find the perfect church where all anxieties cease, 
then pass it by lest you join it and mar the masterpiece. But since no perfect church exists with perfect women and men, let's stop looking for that church and start loving the church that we're in. Doesn't that form deserve an amen? It seems to be like through my life uh, in churches that uh, there's not a perfect church. There are very imperfect churches because they're made up of imperfect people. In the Thessalonian church, believe it or not, that Paul's praising so highly was not a perfect church either. They had issues, they had problems, and we're going to explore some of those in the next few weeks because some of their issues and problems are our issues and problems. They, had, they, they were doing a lot of things right, though. In the midst of all that was against them, they were doing a lot of things right. And Paul wants to thank them and, says, I, and he says that in the Scripture. I thank God for you. But, but one of the things, there's characteristics of every church. And the characteristics of the Thessalonian church are these. Uh, and they are a compassionate church. They're a receptive church. They're an evangelistic church, and they were a church that was transformed by their love for Jesus Christ. And so I want you to think about these things as characteristics and attributes of our church, uh, of our church. And think about what motivated these people. Paul says they were motivated by faith, first of all, and then hope and in love. They were a faithful, loving, compassionate group of people after they were transformed. They, they weren't that in the beginning. You know, I have served a lot of congregations, and, and I will tell you that this memorial church is overall the best congregations I have ever served. I feel so blessed and privileged to have been here and part of your witness to God in this community and around the state and the world. And uh, I will ever, forever hold you dear in my heart as I move uh, through this time towards retirement. But we, the reason that you are the way you are is because you have shown compassion to the least of these and loving deeds. When we are having our charge conference tomorrow night, the DS said he'd like to hear what we were do, what we do, do right in missions. And I got to thinking, we do so many things that are mission-oriented, I couldn't even begin to come up with a list. In fact, our mission chair and committee this year, one of the things they've been tasked with is trying to list all the things that Memorial Church has been involved in in missions over the last couple of years. And I, I'm not sure that the list is complete yet. Uh, I haven't been giving it to, to me yet, so I think they're still uh, dealing with that themselves. There's so many things that we have been part of. But I've asked a few people to talk about that tomorrow night to our district superintendent. But when we're compassionate and showing love and, and, and doing deeds for the least of these, we are being exactly what the church is supposed to be. And Paul commends the Thessalonian church for their witness that they have now in the present time that he he's, refers to there at the beginning of that letter to them. He said, you became imitators of the Lord in spite of severe suffering and you welcome the message with joy given to you by the Holy Spirit. In other words, in spite of all that 
they had to go through, they still recognized the message was for them. And they accepted it with great happiness. All of you are a product, some of you of years, uh, some of you of just a few years, of, of this hearing the message of the Lord and receiving it with joy and putting it into practice. But sometimes we come to church, I think, and we think that whatever's being said is really for someone else. Uh, I know this is true because I've heard too many times on the receiving line after church when people would say, boy, I liked your sermon, but if old Joe was here or Mary, man, they would have had their socks knocked off if they'd been here. You know, as if the message uh, was really not for them that the message was for someone else. But it seems to me like that's something that all of us need to think about, is that instead of coming to church uh, on Sunday morning and, come and listening to the sermon and wondering what's in it for someone else you know, and maybe we should all think about what's in it for ourselves. I like to tell people that I preach to myself. Uh, I pray, if, you, if you hear me preach a sermon about having faith in, in the midst of troubling times, it's because I myself am going through troubling times and I need a new fresh dose of faith to get me through it. You see, when you come here, whether you believe it or not, the Lord is present in His Spirit. And He takes these words, as feeble and as, as bad and as mispronounced as I might make them, and He takes them and He does stuff with them through you. And so it's really important to come and be receptive, to be receptive to what uh, the message that God has for you and me at this moment in time. What does God want me to hear? Am I receptive to it? You know, if for us to understand, I think, the context of the Bible, we have to think about these people that this, these letters were written to. We hear the word the Thessalonians, and most of us don't even know where that is and who these people were. And, you know, but they, they really had to fight a good fight to be able to worship in freedom and truth. The Thessalonians were considered a kind of a, a quasi-independent city in the Roman Empire. They were allowed to govern themselves. They were told they could do anything they want except for one little thing. They had to worship the emperor. Once a year, they had to come to the temple dedicated to Caesar and bow down and pay their respects. Otherwise, they had freedom. Now, this might sound okay, except if you're a Christian. And you know the Ten Commandments. You should have no other gods before me. So either Jesus Christ is Lord of all, or He's not Lord of anything. You can't serve two masters. So the people in Thessalonica put their necks on the line when they accepted the Christian faith. They had to have been receptive to the message in the face of great odds. They still, they had to be transformed. And in that transformation, they were willing to stick their necks out. They knew that the Lord was who needed to be worshipped and not some pagan or some idol. And Paul is telling them in this letter that I understand, I appreciate what you've had to go through 
because it was an easy decision to become a Christian. But you still welcomed the message with joy given by the Holy Spirit. And I respect you for that. And in the same way, I say that to you. You know, it is not easy to come and be a faithful Christian in the world today. There's so many things against you. So many things in the public spaces that try to shut your voice out. You do suffer. You suffer in many ways for your faith. But there are other Christians around the world who are suffering even worse than we are. Uh, recently I looked at a news report with the pictures and it happened to, it happened to come through uh, the official Catholic uh, news service. That doesn't matter. It's yeah, how it came, but I, I was able to see it and saw it. I remember discussing it with Beth, our administrative assistant. And I said, my heart breaks for these pictures of these little, little kids in Iraq and Syria, mostly Kurdish, little children who had been beheaded. If, if, if they didn't, if the parents did not uh, do, do, renounce their Christian faith, their children were beheaded. We live in a serious time, and Christians are suffering around the world. Terrible things are being done against Christians and their faith. And we need to pray each and every day for Christians around the world. They need our prayers. It is not easy being a Christian in the world today. But you know what? It's never been easy. It's never been easy. It wasn't easy back in Thessalonia. It's not easy today. God, help us to continually to be receptive to His world, His Word in a world that isn't receptive. So Paul has thanking God for this church who's compassionate and receptive. And finally, it was evangelistic. In the midst of all that, verse 8 says that the Lord's message rang out from you. Now, the Greek word rang out means to sound forth like a trumpet. Up here in the pulpit, it's easy for me to sound forth like a trumpet. Share my faith. It's my job. But out there in the world, it's not as easy. I find myself oftentimes hesitant in sharing my faith. But nevertheless, the Bible teaches us that one of our main jobs as a church is to share our faith. We must share our faith. It is a command of Jesus for us to go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. We can't not practice Christianity and pretend that these verses are not in the Bible. If we're not doing all we can to spread the love of Jesus Christ, whether it's from our own voices or out of our support for people around the world, then we're not being all that we can be as a church. And so today we must ask ourselves, in what way is the Lord's message ringing out from my life? What am I doing? to trumpet God's Word? What am I doing to share God's grace and love? What am I doing to reach out to people different from myself? 
Every church has to be compassionate. I believe in all my heart that Memorial is compassionate. Every church must be receptive. I think that Memorial is receptive most of the time. But I think we need to work on being receptive to where God is leading us. Uh, there's many ways that God is leading us that in our meetings, uh, when issues come up, that we need to be more receptive. And finally, we need to be evangelistic. And if I would say that there's one thing that's we're weak on, and but you're not alone. In fact, they did a study in the United Methodist Conference here in South Carolina a few years ago, and they found that most churches were weak in evangelistic effort. So that's one of the things we need to work on. Every church has been transformed by Jesus Christ. Every church is being transformed by a powerful testimony of Christ dead, buried, and raised. The Thessalonian church had to have been transformed for them to turn from worshiping and serving idols to worshiping and serving the living and true God. You see, it's one thing to ask for forgiveness, but it's another thing to turn your backs on the old ways and old sins. We must do more than just ask for forgiveness. We must be transformed. And to be transformed, we must turn our hearts wholeheartedly to the Lord. That's where the power is that can transform us. That's the power that can transform all human life. That's the only thing that will transform the evil in the world today. I started out by talking about the church is made up of, not made up of perfect people, and that's the truth. Even transformed people are not perfect. You'll be perfect when you're translated into the glorious realms of heaven. Until then, you're still not perfect. But you are transformed from what you were. And you're being transformed every day. And people who've been touched by the power and love of Jesus Christ, they are moving. They're moving forward into glory. And they're moving on with their lives as new people. So, this is the lesson, I believe, from Thessalonian church today. It is this. Let us, let us as a church, let the Lord transform us. You see, we have to be receptive to being transformed. Let us be transformed by our Lord so that we may become more perfect, so that we will stay a group of compassionate, receptive people who've been transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And because of that, let us have a new eagerness to share His love with the rest of the world. That is the only thing that will transform the world around us. Amen. Let us stand and uh, affirm our faith. Let us join our voices. We are not alone. 
We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, and life and death and life beyond death. God is with us. We're not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Let our ushers come forth as we do give our tithes and our offerings. and sing with us.
darkness tries to hide It trembles at his voice Trembles at his voice How great is our God Sing with me how great is our God Oh, we'll see how great How great is our God Age to age He stands Time is in His hands Beginning and the end Beginning and the end God and three in one Father, Spirit, Son The Lion and the Lamb The Lion and the Lamb How great is our God Sing with me how
Have a blessed week.